You're listening to a Chirp Radio podcast. For more interviews and stories, visit chirpradio.org slash podcasts. All right, this is Sheriff Vincent, and I'm here with Jackie Vincent. We have similar last names. We sure do, actually. It's like everybody thinks my name is your last name, so nice maybe, we should, maybe we should switch. They really think it's V-E-N-S-O-N? Yeah, I have to, like, Vincent with, like, a T, a hard T. Are you serious? Yeah, I say time. Vincent, and they're like, Vincent? I'm like, Really? So you play guitar, but like you're classically trained as a pianist, though, right? So when when was the transition? When did that happen? I started playing the piano when I was eight years old. My parents were always really encouraging. That was the best part about it. And um, I played the piano for like mm, 13 years, and then I went to college on the piano. So I got into Berkeley as a piano player. What a lot of people don't understand about Berkeley is that uh, there's principal instruments and then there's majors. So my principal instrument was piano, but my major instru- my major was contemporary production and writing. So I would like arrange for bands and also record bands in the studio. It was a cool com- combination major, because you could just do an arranging major or just do a production major. I thought having both would be valuable, you know, just to have the skills, even if I ended up not ever using them, which by the way, I use them all the time now. Like, holy crap, I learned so much about arranging and I'm so happy I did. So people are like you. Always, people always say that I that I've been that I've said before that I didn't have a very good experience at Berkeley, but which is true. But that doesn't mean I didn't learn a lot. I did learn a lot. Yeah, I feel like um, I had a couple of friends who went through Berkeley, and I feel like that's the biggest compliment to that of that institution is the learning how to arrange and like being a composer, not so much a musician, but a composing music. Yeah, not just like playing the guitar and just like you know circle jerking with your band. Like actually, like actually having a thought-out arrangement. It takes every little ounce of patience. I've worked so hard to make this. Focusing to the tears in my eyes. Gotta work, gotta change my life. I wanna see higher. I wanna grow further. Open my eyes and find. people don't understand is that that's half of a song you know their favorite song is not their favorite song because of the melody and the chords that's only part of it their favorite song is also their their favorite recording you know what I mean it's like wait do you like the song or do you like the recording 99% of the time people mean the recording and the reason why they like the recording you know varies but it's like why do you like this so much and some people will tell you that they really like the melody or they really like the singer's voice but some people will, will tell you that they really like the beat that's arranging some people will tell you they really like the bass part, you know, that's arranging. Sometimes um, these parts can become the hook that makes, that pushes the song off to be a hit, you know, like, like that song, uh, Good Times, that, it's that bass line, it's a bum, 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 b
yeah. that it's a classic. So the the hook's not always a melody. The hook's not always a lyric. The hook is sometimes a, a drum beat or even just like a tempo or sound of the singer's voice. You, you never know what the hit, what's going to push the song over, and that's why arranging is so important. And that's why I'm really glad that I learned learned all about that. Think of him. Think of him. Even though I do not want him, I I still think of him. Think of him. And the passion that I feel confuses me. It is your music. I'm not sure if it's Apple or it's SoundCloud, but it's um the genre. Oh it. yeah, is it like soul pop or pop rock? Or yeah, it's um it's R and B, and I'm cool with that because it's definitely not blues, for sure. So yeah. like, but like I always get kind of like, I don't know, maybe it's just me and a personal thing. Like, uh, why can't you know? Why can't it just be called music? Right. Why does it have to be a genre. Right, exactly, and especially like you know, there's these this whole like conversation about black people and how when they make music it's always like you know it only be r&b or it's always soul so like how do you feel about that um well in my case it it really is some weird mixture of r&b blues rock and reggae so it's like in my case i can't really get mad like that's what i would call it too if you needed to call it something i would call it like blues r&b pop that's seriously what I would call it. If I literally had to choose one genre that I was, I'd choose rock. Because, and the reason why I say that is because if you come to see my live show and it's called R&B, you're going to be pissed at how much rock there is. And if you come to see my show and you think it's blues, you're going to be pissed at how much rock there is. But if you come to my show expecting to see rock, you're going to be satisfied to hear that 60% of my songs are really rocky and then some of them are just a little bit softer. Yeah, and I think that's what upsets me so much about like the genre argument is because then people come to a show with expectations yeah and then you put any wild expectations onto an artist that they don't even ask for yeah exactly and it's like i'm just being myself like leave me alone yeah you don't know me you don't know me exactly and also just like i don't know maybe i'm just again thinking too much into it like it's also this weird coded um conversation that i don't appreciate either it's like okay that's the other thing that's the worst thing about being black in america man it's like never really know you never you're like know. you're like is it are you being racist i don't know you could be i can point to it to a historical example of something like this happening and it turns out it was racist but i don't want to be too sensitive but i don't want to be not sensitive yeah. why do i care what people think damn it yeah it's, and that's it's, the whole process it's the whole process it's the whole process it's like look i don't want to pull a race card all the time but like sometimes I'm you get that feeling you're like being racist. He said he shot my brother all of those years. All of those years ago, dead. And they don't forget my brother and all of those tears. All of those tears that we shed. Was there any, like, yeah, we actually, before on mic, you're talking a little bit about Muddy Waters. Did you really, because, like, he was, of course, was a child well, guy. Muddy, Muddy Waters was an influencer of my influencer. 
I respect him for that, but I still pretty much only listen to the, to my influencer. He is a huge influence on Buddy Guy. Buddy Guy is a hero to me. And it's crazy, he's such a huge influence on Buddy Guy that when I heard Muddy Waters for the first time a recording, I mean, I'd probably heard Muddy before sometime in my life, but when I was actually listening to blues and heard Muddy Waters come on my Pandora station, I thought it was Buddy Guy just because of the guitar playing. And as soon as I saw that it was Muddy Waters, I was like, oh. Kind of like when you hear Stevie Ray Vaughan and then find out that he's a hugely influenced by Gen Hendrix. Then you listen to his playing after that and you, you compare the two and you're like, oh. It's like, it all clicks. Yeah. For all sure. There. And then last before we go, I want to talk about your new your new EP. So yes, the Transcends EP. It's yes. a five song EP, and uh, yeah, I'm really proud of it. Yeah, I really <laughs> came like, out in September. Yeah, I really like it. I like the vibe a lot. Um, so like, what was the was there any specific influence about it, or um, I just wanted songs. I wanted song. I wanted radio cuts, and I wanted songs that people could dance to and that were catchy. It's basically probably the poppiest I'll ever get. Yeah, there was some. Um, I'm not sure if this might offend you or not, but like, it yeah. reminded. Uh, there was some. There was some guitar looks that kind of reminded me of early John Mayer. And I was like, dig it. Yeah, I'm like, I like uh, early John Mayer. Yeah, yeah, that's the late John Mayer. Well, I like, but I like. I haven't listened to later John Mayer much. It's not. It's not really worth it. If, I, if I'm being quite honest. <laughs> okay, I'll. I'll give it a shot though. I won't give it too many shots though. Yeah, and I I'm, won't take shots. Fair. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> there we go. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, but like again, I I really enjoyed your EP. I think it was super fun. Was Sweet. there is there a specific song that your favorite to play live? Flying man, flying. I love playing flying. It's just I love that beat. I love the rhythm. It's just so like the bounciness is like palpable. I love it. Is, the, is that kind of what of those kind of songs, the ones that have like rhythms that would kind of move you? I just I just like whenever I play that song and I look out into the crowd, people are bobbing their head to the song, and it's like they're all bobbing their head up and down at the exact same time. It's like an ocean of like like head bobbing. And <laughs> I just love it. Because it just means that they're all like in it. Love knows no levels. Well, thank you so much, Jackie. This has been really fun. Totally. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for bringing me to this cool diner. Absolutely. You can find this and other interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Chirp Radio, hear what's next. <laughs>